where's that awesome cocktail that makes my brain feel pleasure? And most men don't like to hear this, but if it's a frequent and consistent habit, and I also don't love using the word addiction, but if it's a frequent and consistent habit, you're using it for pain reduction. It's not just pleasure because everybody thinks it's just my little habit to just chill out and relax. No, it's not. You're using it to soothe pain. Welcome to The Superhuman Life. I'm your host, Frank Rich, and this is the only podcast in the world dedicated to helping men break free from the shackles of addiction through the power of faith and fitness. It is our goal with every episode to help you take back control and rebuild your body, mind, and spirit. And we do so by bringing you real and raw conversations with people just like you, aiming to find their place in this world while dealing with the everyday struggles and battles that we all face. Now, it is my belief that we were all created for a specific purpose. And if we can harness that belief or faith, then take control of our mind and body or fitness, then we can ultimately create the life that we've always dreamed about, our own superhuman life. I want to let you know how grateful and blessed I am to have you here with me today. Let's get on to today's show. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another amazing episode of The Superhuman Life. As always, I am your host, Frank Rich. And guys, I got to tell you, I am so fired up for you guys to hear this conversation. I'm going to jump right into it. But first off, I just want to thank you all and tell you how incredibly grateful I am to have you here with me today. Whether you're listening to this on release date, you're hearing it within the first week, you're hearing it months, years down the road. I just want to thank you for supporting the podcast, supporting the mission of what we are trying to do here, which as you guys know, our mission with the Superman Life podcast and all the work that we are doing at Rebuild Recovery is to help men break free from the shackles of porn addiction through the power of faith and fitness. And that's why I'm so fired up for today's conversation, guys, because as you've heard me speak about, if you've been around for a little while, maybe heard some of the, the videos on YouTube, or if you're not, if you're new to uh, the podcast here today, I am a fan of, of, of science. I'm a fan of the brain science. And obviously with the work that we're doing, understanding the negative impacts of how porn is impacting our brain, how it's damaging and destroying both young men's lives and old men's lives. It's deeply rooted in everything that we do here. This is why I'm so fired up for, for our conversation, because we're going to get deep into the neuroscience of porn addiction. And my guest today is a neuroscientist. She's 25 plus years in the industry, has been a doctor, professor, entrepreneur, presenter. She's spoken on the brain and the science of the brain and neuroscience for a very long time. And I stumbled across her content specifically relating to porn just a few weeks ago. And when I reached out to her, I was just so excited that she was on board with collaborating on this conversation to have somebody of, uh, of her knowledge and, and her experience be able to speak about what we've known has been a, an issue for quite a while, but to really get her kind of in-depth analysis of it. It's just an amazing conversation. Some things that we're going to discuss here, it's obviously what led her into getting this work. I'm, I'm going to do her full bio here in a minute, just to give you guys a background on the guest. What really brought her to, after being in, in the science field and, and after running a clinic for almost two decades, why did she decide to start creating content and, and really dive into porn addiction coaching? One thing that was really new to me is we talk about the different brain types and, and she refers to them as brain performance patterns and some signs that we can look for A, if we're unsure of our likelihood to become addicted to porn, 
but then also how it actually affects our brain performance just after the first or second time consuming pornography. A crazily, incredibly insightful there when she's talking about the brain performance patterns. We then get into the difference of unwiring versus rewiring. We talk a lot about how you need to rewire your brain, and that's where you, when you're successfully going to overcome this addiction to pornography. But she takes it a, a, a step further in actually talking about unwiring old patterns and habits and then rewiring new patterns and habits. I think there's going to be a lot that you guys are going to get out of that one as, as well. Talks about some of the keys as far as rewiring, both without technology and then with technology, which is something that her her and her team are, are working very extensively on is utilizing technology in their recovery. And, and we go into how that works and also discuss possible collaboration between her and I moving forward. But our guest here is none other than Dr. Trish Lee. Considered a forward-thinking, multidiscipline thought leader, Dr. Trish Lee's mission is to inspire people to live their best lives, whether that be by learning to control your brain, harnessing its power, or teaching others to do so. Dr. Trish is recognized as a mentor of many into their full potential. She's a sensational provider of brain-based workshops and a keynote speeches. She's the director of Lead Brain and Spine, where she and her team help people get unstuck and back on track through neurofeedback therapy. Dr. Trish uses her passion, enthusiasm, and inspiration to help others change their brains and improve lives. Everything she does and teaches is based on science and is proven to work. Dr. Lee has mentored professionals and business owners for over 25 years. She's a board-certified neurofeedback practitioner, scholar, and is held in the highest regard by esteemed colleagues and patients alike. Guys, I'm incredibly honored to have Dr. Trish with me today. I'm incredibly grateful for you guys to be able to hear this conversation. So without further ado, let's get into the neuroscience of porn addiction with myself and Dr. Trish Lee. Hope you guys enjoy. Dr. Lee, welcome to the Superhuman Life. Hey, thanks. Thank you very much. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, just like I was telling you beforehand, I'm just so incredibly you know, grateful to, to have your time here. And we're, I know we're going to get into some of the sciencey stuff that I really enjoy learning. And I know there's going to be tremendous value that comes out of this for, for all of our listeners. I really think the best place to, to start, though, with your background in bio and experience, I'm really curious as to with the brain, there's an infinite amount of areas that you could have gone to study and work. And even like you were telling me, prior to what you're doing now, you had it made, for lack of a better term, sit back, just chill, not a whole lot of work and just rolling in the cash. What kind of led you into working with porn? And yeah, just what's led us to where this is what you're, as you call it, sure. your passion project right now. Yeah, absolutely. I call it my passion project. And there's really two reasons. One is for, for the sake of other people and society in general which I will explain in one second, because that's the larger reason. But really, for me, what I'm getting out of it personally is the way that my brain works is I really love niche types of concepts that go back to brain performance, cognition, thinking, that psychological and emotional aspect, and how that plays out in behaviors of people's minds and bodies. And literally pornography use and a habit and addiction when people are able to acknowledge that they are at the level of addiction is the perfect storm of all of those mm. aspects. It is a brain performance pattern that is led awry by a supernormal stimulus on an electronic device that's resonating at the perfect frequency to calm and stimulate a brain. It and what I try to communicate to, it's mostly men and that are affected, is that 
it would be almost impossible to resist it because it is such a super normal stimulus. And especially if you have those needs in your brain to be calmed and to be stimulated, it takes you, and I always say it takes two times to be hooked. It literally only takes one time. But the second time you go back, it's the slippery slope, as I call it. So for me, my life has transitioned basically every seven years. I'm like, my husband's like, why you got to change again? And I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. My life happens in seven year chapters and we've been together 20 years. I'm like, you know me, <laughs> but it's, it always is developing out of what I've done and where I feel like I'm being drawn and where my, my gifts and my expertise and my love for learning more and more can be used to help people. And that's the healthiest version of me learn about something that's incredible, and then be able to help so many people with that knowledge. And I literally feel like I'm the 1% and, and you might be the other person in that 1% with me that knows about this. And so I can't sit with that. I've, I have to let everybody else know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And for me, I know firsthand from living with it, what it feels like. So I've gone through the transformation and I've, I've, I've understand once you break free, how freeing it is. And then when you really get clear, I, I thought I was focused and successful and creative prior to this, but like when I was able to that kind of 90 day reboot period, which I'm love to get your uh, take on the time frame later on. Like it's that's like always the hardest question. Of, Let's save that one for a little because well, people well, ask me the number one comment, how long is it going to take me? There's so many variables, but we can definitely. It, it, exactly. Yeah. But one thing you said there is you said it only takes one or two time if you have that in your brain. So question, mm -hmm. are there brain types? I don't know if that's the right way to phrase mm -hmm. it, but are there specific development of the brain or the specific way mm -hmm. the brain is wired that makes somebody more susceptible to a pornography addiction. And how can you know if that is you, if it's even possible? I can know. Most people can't, but okay. the beauty of it is I use technology that's called EEG, electroencephalogram. So most people know uh, if you've gone for life insurance, you have to have an EKG of your heart. It measures how your heart is using electrical energy. EEG measures how your brain is using electrical energy. So the what I the evaluation that I perform is called a QEEG, quantitative, meaning measurable. What I love people to know is everything I do is measurable. I can measure it all. So it's amazing. It's awesome. So the first thing, and we just call it a brain map. It's a QEEG brain map. But basically, there are brain performance patterns. That's how I talk about it. Instead of brain types, they're per performance patterns. Okay. There's brain performance patterns that people use. There's all different types, but there's an optimal type. So for every age and gender, there's an optimal way of using electrical energy in your brain. And the really quick version of it is there's basically five speeds that your brain should be able to transition in and out of across your day. And they're so logical to think about. So I usually start like in the evening when you're feeling groggy and tired, your brain's starting to make more slow speed and it's called theta. Then when you shift into sleep, you're using more of extra slow speed. It's called delta. Then you sleep all night long, you get a glorious eight hours of sleep, which usually never happens for most people. But when you wake up and you're feeling groggy again, you're coming out of Delta back into Theta, slow speed. Then when you're chilling, you're having a cup of coffee, you're using alpha medium speed. That's couch mode, as I call it. That's relaxation mode. A little bit faster is fast speed. And I always probably incorrectly characterize it as perfect processing speed, but it helps people to understand. Low beta is perfect processing speed for being in the zone, 
for being in flow. I'll talk about flow in a minute because one of my favorite concepts ever that is destroyed by pornography. Yeah, that destroys video. flow. So what happens is when your brain is using low beta, you're in the zone, you're calm and you're focused and you're present and you're producing, you're creative, you can stay on topic and you can get your best work done. Then anxiety mode is extra fast. It's high beta. Your brain's cranking away so fast that it'll get away from you and it needs to be calmed down. So that's the, the quick and dirty of how your optimally your brain should be able to shift in and out of that as needed. If someone jumps in right now and startles me, my system's going to kick it into extra high and I'm going to run. I'm going to fight or flight. But then when I realize it's just someone scaring me, I'm going to come back down. I'll be in low beta. I can talk with you again. What happens is for many people, especially people who are drawn to addiction in the first place, but especially pornography, is that their brains are running slow and fast at the same time. So in all the videos I make, I try to give a visual of this. It's too much slow speed theta and too much fast speed high beta. So theta is the biomarker for ADHD. And I'm definitely not saying that everybody who watches porn has ADHD. So if your brain is processing slow and using too much slow speed theta, that's associated with ADHD. And it also is created by watching too much pornography. So it's the brain pattern that needs stimulation. And if you're using too much fast speed, that's an anxious brain that also simultaneously needs to be calmed. So that is the brain pattern that's most at risk. Too much slow speed, too much fast speed. So anybody who has that in the first place is more at risk. But now this is the catch 22. When you enter the slippery slope of pornography use and addiction, it creates those brain patterns. I know you, with your scanning and what you guys do there, you can determine where these speeds are at. But if somebody listening to this wants to know, okay, am I somebody that's slow and fast at the same time? Are there personality traits? Are there mm -hmm. things that in their life that they can see? I know it's not going to be 100% perfect, but just to, to get a better kind of idea of, am I possible to fall into this? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've already made one video on my YouTube channel, but I plan on making more videos to help people with that. And I made yeah. one video that says how to learn how to feel your brain. And so I'll tell you the symptoms that are most associated with those two patterns. The slow brain pattern is the biomarker for ADHD. So if you've been diagnosed with ADHD, if you have any learning challenges when you were younger, that's going to be the person who is easily distracted, has difficulty focusing. And this would be, you'd want to think about yourself prior to a lot of porn consumption because porn will create that. So it becomes difficult to parse out if it's difficult to stay focused and anything like that in terms of what happens is the brain's just running too slow that you can't stay on task. You're not highly productive. So like a lot of men that I work with, they will say even before they started using a lot of porn that they'd go to work, they'd be at work eight hours. They wouldn't get any of their eight hour work done. So they'd have to bring it home and still not get it done at home. Those would be some of those markers or like I just talked to a gentleman who's it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning. And if a brain's running slow, it needs more sleep and it needs stimulation. It, like literally. And so a lot of the behaviors that people have will be some of those self-stimulation behaviors, too. So that and that's the hyperactivity piece in ADHD. And it's difficult for some people to understand, but if your brain is running slow and it's basically trying to fall asleep by using this slow speed, if you use a lot of hyperactive behaviors, 
of your body if you fidget and you can't sit still and it's difficult for you to just sit around for a few minutes. That could be because your brain needs a lot of stimulation. Now, this is the the third most difficult factor because there's so many factors, but ADHD has a very high comorbidity rate with anxiety, meaning they mostly exist together. People with ADHD also have anxiety, but you can have anxiety alone. But anxiety becomes that mental stimulus. So a lot of people who have attention challenges might not have hyperactive behavior, but their mind spins. So over here, that extra fast speed is racing thoughts, hypervigilance. So always feeling like you have to be on red alert. And we know as an aside to go to this, to speak to this brain pattern, we know that at the root of pornography addiction, many times is trauma or dysfunction in a young man's, we'll just leave it at a young man's because it's mostly men in a young man's life. So what that can create is this hypervigilant, like you're always looking for the other shooter drop rumination, constant thinking, or literally feelings of stress and anxiety. And I always call high beta this extra fast mode, problem seeking mode. So if you constantly see problems, and that plays out as anger issues, mood regulation issues, if you have a lot of problems in your life, and you're attracting them to you, and then you can't deal with them, you're up here in high beta. And when we reduce these modes, and we bump up perfect processing speed in the middle, like the exact same thing can happen to you and the world isn't falling apart because your brain's no longer in the mode of seeing all the problems and not the solutions. I I love this because as you're explaining each one of these, I'm like, yep, I remember that. I remember those feelings. I remember the anger, anxiety, this, that. You said something like when you're talking with your your clients or your consultations, let's think back to how you were Mm pre-porn. Question, because I think the age is getting younger and younger, probably as the days go by because phones, devices, this, that. So how does porn impact the development of a child's brain? And if they maybe weren't born as somebody that was fast and slow, can mm-hmm. it lead them to actually becoming that? And, and just what are the real harmful dangers mm-hmm. with young people? Yeah, you know, and you're absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely right. It used to be 11 and 12. Now it's eight. First exposure, seven and eight. It's awful. But that's a soapbox for a different day. But so what happens is development of the brain performance pattern can be basically stopped at the age of first exposure. And it has to do with the trauma many times. And I don't even love using the word trauma because people think trauma doesn't apply to them because it feels like a big word. So I try, but it, it is trauma, but I try to use, that's why dysfunction feels better. Cause if I say, was your family dysfunctional? People be like, oh yeah. But it'd be like, was there any trauma in your family? Oh no. But they can be one in the same. Having something happen, then you're exposed to pornography at a very young age, and that becomes your mechanism of self-soothing the the pattern that is be, is beginning to brew because of trauma. So trauma can bring those patterns out. But then going back to the idea of the one and two times of watching it in today's day and age of porn being on the internet and video, not like the playboys of years ago is what happens is it can stunt the growing brain because we know science shows that basically frequent and consistent consumption is shrinking the brain and lowering the brain activity. So that when that starts at a younger age, what would typically happen is, and there's a lot of working parts, but as a you know, young child grows and goes through puberty, brains develop to the age of 28 in young men and 25 in women. 
on average. And so basically that's a lot of years that the brain isn't able to develop health in a healthy pattern because of the beginning of frequent and consistent consumption. Now, I think you probably just perked up a lot of ears with listeners, knowing that we have a majority of men, some of them in their you know mid to late 20s and, and into their 30s. And for me, I'm 37 now. So I wasn't introduced to internet pornography at the age of seven. But once I was 15 and we had AOL you know, dial up, I can remember closing the door and finding it. But a lot of the guys that are maybe a decade younger than me, it's like they've had access to this since they were young. Yeah. So when you were saying that, it literally stunts the growth of their brain. Here's these guys now that are hearing this. They're 25 to 30. They've been consuming it for, for 15 years. Have they been impacted forever, long-term? Like, will their brain not grow beyond or develop no, beyond that, where it has? Or, or is, no, there, is there light? Is there shining? Yeah, light? that's a great question. And um, I'm glad you brought it up because this is what I try to communicate to people. That's why I'm here is that neuroplasticity is shown to be able to be important and you know, be able to be accomplished across the lifespan. And even I can remember even 15 years ago, sitting in a conference where I was being taught, now maybe it was more than that 20 years now, but I was being taught that the critical period of development was up to the age of 12. And after 12, brains weren't that plastic. But now we know there's so much more research in the last 20 years that we know that brains are neuroplastic across the entire lifetime. And yes, it's easier to change a brain when it's younger because of a variety of factors that the brain is younger, more pliable in and of itself, and the neural pathways haven't been burnt in for 10, 15, 20 years. So brains are more pliable when they're young, but I've worked with people at every age and the oldest person in my practice, not for porn, but for different issues is 86 years old with huge success. And so it, it you can unwire, the way I talk about it is what you need to do is unwire and rewire. And I always use visual, I don't know why, probably because I've been a college professor for so long and you're trying to use all the different teaching modalities, but we need to unwire the pattern. But more importantly, we need to rewire the optimal healthy pattern that can shift in and out of those modes. That can be accomplished for basically any person whose brain isn't injured, and that's probably for a different day, a, a brain that isn't injured at any age with, with there's some work that needs to be done, but it can absolutely happen for everybody. So there's hope for every single person out there. And I work with so many people who have what's called learned helplessness because they've tried before and they haven't succeeded. They've worked with this, that, and the other professional, and that person hasn't been able to help them. And I like to tell people, communicate that unless you're unwiring and rewiring, if you're just counting on unwiring, that's not powerful enough. Mm. So if you just say, I'm not going to watch porn anymore, you're counting on unwiring to happen. And it, it may not because for some people, it just doesn't happen. But if you're taking a proactive approach through training your brain, whether you use technology or not, and then using your body and your mind to rewire your brain, you're taking a proactive approach of rewiring in the, the optimal pattern and unwiring the less desirable one you've been wiring in. So with every consumption, you're wiring in the old pattern that you've had for the last 10 years. Stop doing that. Start wiring in a new, better one right off into the sunset. Uh, you're speaking, you're, you're speaking my language. I've never heard or used the word unwiring, but 
I, I did a video on my YouTube, I think it was last week, maybe the week before about, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the no fat community mm -hmm. and we're just going to stay away from it. And there's, mm -hmm. it doesn't really seem to have a proactive approach. And I shot an entire video. Like it's just not going to work. If you're, if your plan to quit porn is simply, I'm going to stay away from it. Mm -hmm. Good luck because like, you're not taking that proactive nope. approach. So let's break each one of those down a little bit. Like what, yeah. what needs to be done on sure. the unwiring side, obviously. Sure completely removing porn and not watching it is going to be one, but I'm assuming there's some other things that you can do mm -hmm. to help speed up that process. So let's talk about unwiring and then let's talk about some strategies first without technology Definitely. to rewire. And then let's get into the technology piece. Cause then that's really, we're really, really. And just so you know, it's called there's science behind everything that I tell you. And I always tell people I'm just the messenger, but the science behind unwiring is called anti-Hebbian learning theory, H-E-B-B-I-A-N. And it goes back to Hebb's law. And most people have heard of Hebb's law, at least the adage. The unwiring is anti-Hebbian learning theory. The rewiring is called Hebb's law. Neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm. So to, to speak to the unwiring is neurons that don't fire together, stop wiring together is basically what we're talking about, but it's not powerful enough. But you do have to do that for sure, because if you're just gonna continue to wire in this unhealthy brain pattern, you have no hope of being able to rewire in a new one because that one's been being used for 20 years and you're still hardwiring it in. So strategies are, are abstinence of consuming pornography. And I can talk a lot more about the brain mechanisms that are behind that in just a second. But then also, and this is the part, talk about the NoFap community, because when I'm in one-on-one -on -one calls with people, I'm like, you're not going to want to hear this, but you have to stop masturbating. <laughs> and they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yep, I'm totally sure. And it goes back to the neurochemical release that the brain is desiring to calm it and to stimulate it simultaneously all goes back to the needs of the brain and what it's getting. So from pornography, it's getting a super normal stimulus. And this is why I say it's the first or the second time, because your body wants to be at homeostasis. Your brain wants to be at its optimal pattern. It wants to, that's why your body will heal. If you allow, if you don't block it by using negative habits and behaviors, your brain will be at the optimal pattern for most of us. So then what happens is you have to be able to undo that and try to use the optimal pattern. So what happens when you watch pornography is you're dumping the super normal stimulus on the first time, this is what I was going to say, on the first time when you're watching that homeostasis happens and your brain will recalibrate because it just got a double dump of dopamine and noradrenaline and oxytocin and prolactin, all these hormones and neurotransmitters being dumped into your brain like never before because it can't happen in nature. But so then your brain goes, whoa, that was a lot. I need to calibrate for this and I'm going to equalize this. Then when you go back for the second time, it's had that double dump and it's, I know this, so I've equalized this. So now the stimulus gives you a quadruple dump of those neurochemicals. That's why it's called a super normal stimulus. It's more neurotransmitter release than you could get anywhere in nature. But then of course there's tolerance too. So the more you consume, the brain's always calibrating. So you always need more and more. You need more quantity. You need more frequency. You need more intensity. And that is why I call it a slippery slope. So by the second time your brain's recalibrated, that it will get hooked to need and come back to more and more just to exist. So when you stop watching, you're basically, and that's why people have withdrawals. And that's another 
huge question that people ask me all the time, like, how do I avoid withdrawals? You avoid them by rewiring the brain simultaneously, because as you start unwiring, the brain's going, where's, I always call it the Kool-Aid. Where's my Kool-Aid? Like, where's that awesome cocktail that makes my brain feel pleasure? And most men don't like to hear this, but it's really, if it's a, if it's a frequent and consistent habit, and I also don't love using the word addiction, but if it's a frequent and consistent habit, you're using it for pain reduction. It's not just pleasure because everybody thinks it's just my little habit to just chill out and relax. No, it's not. You're using it to soothe pain. And there's opioid types of neurotransmitters, literally pain reduction neurotransmitters being released. So it's you've it's like you've developed a substance addiction. Just the substances are coming from your brain. Yeah, and that goes back to the root cause of it, the majority of time being some trauma associated related cause. It's yeah, we're running from the pain and seeking of the pleasure simultaneously. What are- It's built on a shame cycle. So normally, and this is, if you've ever seen a diagram of the cycle of a pornography addiction, shame is a root cause. And shame. what shame is, I'm a bad person. Guilt is I've done something bad. But what happens is somewhere in there, something shameful happened that made that person's self-worth be diminished. And that diminished self-worth seeks out the soothing. And that also goes back to talking about like stunting brain development. It's at that moment where all of that is happening. And then the habit is built that is at the root of stunting that brain. But so then it stays the brain that needs to be soothed. So we've provided a lot of high, high level stuff here. I want to get into the roots of it. So with the, you know, while it's being unwired and we're going to take a proactive approach Mm -hmm. to rewiring, what are some of the tangible things that guys can do to speed up that rewiring process? Absolutely, 100%. And I care about this more than the unwiring, even though it's so important, but it's not enough to unwire. You have to anchor into the future you that you want to be. And I know that's easy, but I'm going to give you actual action steps. It's different for every person. And that's why I think coaching is so important. And that's why I think coaches need to know this. So it's the idea is people have, people think their lives are happening to them. They've set their lives up, whether they know it or not. It's a matter of if you have strength in setting up your life to be one that is good for you and that you enjoy. And so in my coaching, what I try to have people do is dig into their routines their habits, their circumstances, which circumstances can be loaded because they think it's happening to them, but they're creating it. And to be able to look at how they are moving through their days and their life. And there's aspects of that need to be healed and need to be improved. And it's different for every single person. But so it might be their primary relationship with their partner who hasn't had sex with them in a year. And that happens all the time. I'm like, you need to fix that. And they'll be like, I can't. And I'll say, you're going to have to. You're either going to have to fix it with your current partner or start. You can't stay here. You won't be able to get out of it. I always joke that the way out is through. So that could be one major thing that there's just dynamics in that in that relationship that keeps it a system of anxiety and a need for stimulation. It all goes back to the brain. It's like your, our lives can be set up so that we're getting the needs that we have going back to your brain to be calmed and to be stimulated in a very healthy way throughout your day. And that's really, if we're going to go to, to one thing a person can do is look at how you're getting the needs of your brain to either calm yourself down when you feel stressed out 
or overwhelmed or to stimulate yourself when you're bored. Likely right now you're going to your habit if you have one. And the way to get out of that habit is to work out. Working out is a number one thing. And on my videos, I try not to talk too much about myself, but I have a boxing dummy and I have been learning how to box with, I call him the general. And and I've always worked out, but when I go down and I learn combinations and I have an app, that puts my brain into the optimal pattern. It's calm and it's focused. It's getting stimulated by learning new boxing combinations. And it's also being chilled out because it's getting all the neurotransmitters it needs from a great workout. So the more I do that, the less I need at the end of an arduous day to calm and stimulate myself. And that's a huge piece of what I do with people is I have them look at their days. And most of the people that I work with have either days that are just jam-packed with work and families and obligations and commitments or they're laying around doing nothing so it's like a life that just needs constant simulation or a life that needs constant calming but you can create across your day and not that i'm i don't even claim to be perfect but i claim to be constantly working on this i'll work for two three hours and this is actually really pre-covid because right now i'm a little fluid i'll work for usually around two and a half hours and then i'll go for a run and then i'll work for another two hours and i'll go box then I'll work for another hour and then I'll go chop food and do my food prep. So basically I'm like using my brain, giving my brain a break, stimulating it, calming it. But throughout my whole day, I'm doing that in a very healthy way. So then at the end of the day, I, I don't have this insatiable need for calming and, and stimulation. Incredible. And I'm not gonna lie. When I, when we finally locked up that we were going to do this, I was like selfishly like, doing this for me as a confirmation on the things that I'm teaching and working with. Because like I said, I just having somebody of your degree and credentials and, and status, it's just, it's, it's such an honor to have you on the show. But you said that kind of anchoring into the future you, as I've been creating content, you come up with these lines that you're frequently using. And it's like the one here that I've really landed on. It's like, in order to become the person that is no longer addicted, no, in order to end your fight with porn addiction, you must become the person that's no longer addicted to porn. So it's very future oriented, very future totally. focused on how can my life be once I've removed this? And then, yeah, it's really about instilling those habits, routines, and looking at the areas where we may have been weak before. But I love like the new learning or learning of a new skill piece where you talked about with the boxing, how that's probably turning on a part of our brain that we're not using or wasn't there before. And it's absolutely link in that. Yeah. And in recovery from it, for in specifically in recovery from pornography use, I challenge people to do that in three areas of their life. I challenge them to anchor into a purpose or something that excites them in their work or whatever they get up to do every day in their relationships. So my husband and I are constantly trying to either do new fun things together, which is challenging. We have five children. I don't know if you know that. So like having alone times to even go for a walk, but we're always doing, we work together. So we have fun work projects we're doing. We create weird stuff and we're always having fun. So in your relationship, you can create that and in your hobbies. So like boxing is my new hobby, but I always have a new something like it was yoga at one point it was, but then in my days, I'm excited about my work. I'm excited about my relationships. I'm excited about my downtime. And really the very, if you take away nothing else from this episode, it's to have a plan for tomorrow that excites you. And that's how you do it. To tell someone, get a plan for tomorrow that excites you. They don't know how to do that. But when I'm in the coaching calls, I say, okay, what are you going to do in your work? It's the one thing that makes you excited. And it's so interesting because most people I talk to aren't doing it. 
it's like the last thing they do. They're doing their drudgery. No wonder why they don't want to get up because yeah, they're, they're drudging through a, their days. For a paycheck, yeah, to pay the bills. And hope, hopefully they can pay the bills. My husband and I are doing a lot of co-parenting and co-working. That's why we cut out time to go do something like yeah. that is not those things so that we can have some fun with each other. And and then then I we do that both in our hobbies. My husband golfs. He goes golfing three times a week which you'd think it's necessary in COVID because we all spend so much time together, but that's really, he's getting better and better. He's thinking about, he's golfing with new people. It's, he did a competition a few weeks ago. So when you have all these things going, it is, you want to get out of bed. You don't want to waste your time. You're on purpose. You're on fire in multiple avenues. Yeah. I've taken year three and and I've compiled them into to five and they're all affiliated with the name being Frank, but it's faith <laughs> for me as a, as a man of faith, that's number one. And I think that's for the majority of the guys coming to me, we, that's for them as well, but faith fitness. So fitness is just overall health. And as a former bodybuilder health coach for 15 years, like I do believe that our physical, our body's mind and, and, and spirit health is highly important. So faith fitness finance would be your purpose. So what are you doing mm-hmm. to create a living? And, and are you looking at new ventures and new opportunities? The relationships piece would be family. Mm-hmm. So family is like your direct family, but then also your circle that you include in integrate in, into your life and then freedom being what you do with your time outside of making money so that's where your hobbies and creative endeavors come into play i want to get to the t- and can i just speak to the yes. faith think the faith aspect for a minute i purposefully don't talk about that but i'm in i faith is very important to me but i find that in this line of work that if people don't resonate with the idea of faith just about all the other solutions involve some as some very deep aspect of like a 12-step programs all mm. surrounding God. And that's really important to me. But and I am trying to help people tap into that without having to buy into it if they're having a hard time. Because a lot of people in addiction have a difficult time with that. And it's interesting because I always use my outro, which you like you said, these things just develop. I always tell people control your brain or it will control you. But really what that means to me is that When you are controlling your brain, you're actually not controlling it at all. It is divinely controlled. Like you're inspired, which puts you in spirit, which directly connects you to something bigger than yourself. But I am trying to relate to people through a neurological and a neuroscience standpoint. But everybody who knows me knows that I'm very spiritual and but I'm also pragmatic. So it sounds like our five, we're just right aligned completely we're, on this yeah we're just putting different spins on it yeah, and yeah. Our own thing. And, and, and thank you for 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 sharing that with us for me it's it is such a crucial part of really my story and transformation that i wouldn't be fully authentic if i didn't incorporate it into the mission and, and message of what we're trying to do here but like we talked about before jumping on there's billions of men around the world so there's plenty enough there's plenty enough for for trish and there's plenty enough for frank and there's plenty enough for all the other guys out there that are tackling this work there's more than any of us could do together yeah and that's the scary part is no matter how many people we get to join this we're constantly going to be fighting it i want to real quick talk about some of the technologies that you guys are Mm -hmm. using because i think that's amazing we can go both in your your regular practice and in the porn coaching but how are you guys integrating or incorporating that? And what does that really look like? And I guess if a guy out there is curious, like where can he link up? And, and yeah, definitely. And I'm, I am 
very deliberately creating that. And like you and I talk about the, actually, I didn't frame it this way, but the dangers of porn, they call it the triple A's, that it's affordable, accessible, and anonymous. So I'm, I've created a very low price point, affordable, accessible. You just go to, I have my coaching websites at drtrishley.com. You go there, you sign up. We never have to meet. That's anonymous. So of course, that's the lowest level of support, but it's important to me. And mentally, I thought to myself, I need to just do exactly what porn does in, in a healthy way so that people can get the support if they're afraid to reach out to me or anybody. And I know that is the case for so many people. And I've worked with so many people that a lot of men will say, I'm not sure if it's an addiction. How do I know? I'm like, I'm sure you would qualify probably if I gave you any addiction checklist and I give them some markers to look for. And mostly it's, yeah, I watch it all the time and I know I can't not watch it. That's the biggest thing. And if you want to not watch it and you want to reach your full potential, those are the markers. But the way that I integrated the technology that we use is in levels so that it is affordable and accessible. And then you can go up from there to more individualized and to higher tech solutions. And it all comes down to resources, time, money, and energy that people have. And people are at all different places. So I'm trying to be able to help people at all different places. And, and I was telling you, this is why my team thinks I'm nuts, because I've been practicing for such a long time that I've gotten to the point that we really just, in my private practice, is called Lee Brain and Spine. We only offer the highest tech at the highest price point. And that's a way that we can pre-qualify people. So we're always working with people who are really committed. They're going to do what we tell them. It's just high level stuff. And we work with fewer people, but at a higher price point with higher tech. But that doesn't work when it comes to porn because I work with so many people who are 18 years old, 20 years old. They don't want to tell their parents. So I'm working well, actually with a lot of young men who had to wait to earn the money to work with me, even though it's only a couple hundred dollars. But I love that because they're motivated just going and working. So it's important for me. So basically the way that it works is at and all of it's available on my drtrishley.com website. But I recommend that if people are interested in using technology, there's a low-tech solution. There's lots of them. But the one that I like and the one I use myself is called a Muse headband, which I have nothing to do with the company because people will be like, people, if you see on my YouTube channel, people, come, I have to buy this headband. Is that the thing I saw you wearing in some of your, your yeah. pictures? Yeah, okay. And I'm just a fan. And then I've become an ambassador because we use them so much, meaning that I have a dashboard where I can see how people's brains are performing. So the Muse headband itself only has one setting, but it's the setting that serves the majority of people. And especially the brain pattern that I've already taught you about, it serves that brain pattern very well. But it only has one setting. And the way that you engage with it is you put the headband on. I put my AirPods in and on my phone is the app. And it gives me audio feedback to my brain when it's in the zone, making more of calm focus speed. Or when it goes out of the zone, it's making more stressy, slow and fast speed. And then basically it's a beach scene. And when the beach is really calm and lovely and there's little waves and there's birds tweeting in your ear, that's the positive feedback to your brain that your brain's doing what we need it to, the optimal mode. If it goes out of the zone and it's making these stressy, bored, I need stimulation speeds, the beach scene becomes very choppy and rough. It becomes stormy. So that auditory feedback tells you you're making the optimal brain pattern, you're not. And then usually when a person starts with it, it's not making the optimal brain pattern a lot. And then over time, it makes the optimal brain pattern more and more, rewiring the brain with the new pattern. 
and you don't have to do anything except for wear the headband. Was this done in like a meditative practice, like quiet, calm for a short period of time, and you're just collecting this data to then be able to go back later yep. on and review yep. and Yep, so people can just buy the headband without me being involved at all. And if on my website, on my short course that I have, it's $49. It's a 10 lesson course. In there, there's a 15% off code that the 249 headband becomes 212. Because I'm encouraging people to at least take the short course so they can learn the behavioral strategies using their mind and body to train their brain. Then they can add the tech and they can really move forward. And that's like the lowest level. And, you, and I don't have to be involved in that headband at all. If you want me to be involved, then you can do coaching with me. I can see your brain performance patterns on your sessions in my platform. So yeah. like I've been coaching people all day in my coaching sessions, I pull up the, the platform. I can share my screen. We look at what your brain was doing, how it's improving over time, where the days that it was more difficult for it to get into the zone, the days you were successful. And so I use that twofold too, because that can create self-awareness in people who aren't aware of how their brain is performing and how it feels like yeah. we already talked about. And for the self-aware individuals, they can really move forward quickly because on days they know they feel anxious and triggered, they can see what their brain is doing and they can bring themselves out of that pattern. That's literally called neurological regulation and neurological regulation trans transcends into self-regulation of the mind and body. So now you're better able to control your behaviors of your mind and body because your brain is neurologically regulated using the optimal pattern more and more, which means you don't have to act out because your brain's in a different spot. So I also use those graphs to show people because I've already told you, they'll say, I've tried this before. And I was just talking to a guy who's been in inpatient rehab a few times. And a lot of people I work with, that's the case. They spend $15,000 in inpatient rehab to just go back because they haven't done all the things we've talked about. They've barely unwired. Yeah. They have not rewired at all. So that is just a recipe for wasting money and being unsuccessful and then becoming disheartened, learned helplessness. When I say, look, your brain's changing. You see how last week you were in this anxious, I need stimulation mode. You were in that 58% of the time and now you're only in it 42% of the time. Can you feel that? And they'll go, yes, I can feel that difference. Yeah. And that's where you talked about the coaching piece earlier. That's such the value in having a coach that understands the process and can be there to ask the right questions and help you self-reflect and become more aware because yeah, it's great. I can look at this dashboard and see, oh yeah, it looks cool. It's changing, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. But having somebody like you there, let's talk about this day. Okay. How was your stress? What was your activity like? Were you not doing the things that you said you were going to do? That's why your anxiety was raised. Now look at this one where everything seemed to be operating good. How were you on that day? Oh, I was in such great flow. It was amazing. That's exactly why. So you can gain that awareness to where, yeah. okay, now we know where we need to be. Let's focus on getting ourselves in that state as much as possible. Uh, just, just to comment on that one second. So that's how I like to collaborate with people because there's only one of me. I always try to you know, like thinking about getting my brain in flow and doing the things that I love. There's only one of me and my piece that I bring to this community is I can see how people's brains are performing. I can see in the data what basically hardly anybody else can see. And I can move you forward using your data. That's how I'm best served. So even though I'm certified as a sexual addiction recovery coach and certified health partners, the brain piece is my piece. So if someone's working with you and they love working with you and you're coaching and you're rocking it out, people can meet with me one time a month 
one time every three months. Like I'm here to serve. And I tell people all the time, I'm here to serve in whatever capacity. I'm not getting you into a six month X amount of dollars per month. If you want to look at, you want to use your Musecom and then once a month we peek in at your data and I can add to whatever other program you're doing. That's the piece that I want to play because that is the role I'm good at. So you don't have to go learn how to do that, which would not be easy for most people to learn that piece. I can provide that piece for you and every person you work with and my team. And that's how I'm trying to create my programs is in the end, what I really want to be able to do is create products on my website so I can get back out of, I've been coaching for 50 hours this week, which is not a thing that I normally do get out of all the coaching, get back into serving people through the educational piece and then do the brain coaching and have other qualified professionals. So I'm trying to make as many collaborations as possible. So everybody else can do the good coaching. I can add the brain piece. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll definitely talk offline more about that because I think there's something synergistically that can definitely happen there. And the entrepreneur in me is as you're talking like, yeah, trying to remove herself from working in the business, Tom, the business. I, I, I fully get that. I know where we're really coming up on time here, but I, sure. I, I do want to get to something because it wouldn't be fair to the men and women out there if I didn't ask the question. So we have female here. We haven't had a ton of them really discussing this topic on the show. Um, also a wife and also a mother of five. I know this isn't really in your neuroscience field. Um, it, it is actually. Okay. So but we need another hour. I'm going to have to come <laughs> back to pick that apart, but I can. Let's just real a- quickly talk to both the impact that porn addiction on a male side has on his spouse. And then maybe for the, for the female, cause about 20% women that listen to the show for the females that are out there and are in a relationship in a marriage. Are there signs that they need to look for in their husband? Mm-hmm. He may mm-hmm. be addicted to porn. Yep. And, and I work with a lot of women and I'm involved in a lot of the women's communities in this space. And the reason I say it's definitely neuroscientific is that we now know that it's called betrayal trauma. And so women who are in the position that they find out, even if it's only a pornography habit, when they find out there is betrayal and it's trauma, like talking about trauma, it is perceived by the nervous system and the brain is trauma. And I can see that. And that's a different pattern. And so recovery for wives or spouses or partners is really important. And so I work with lots of them, but it also goes back to what I talked about as the system. And so many people don't know that the dynamic that is created in the give and take of partnership can add to the addiction, or it can help to break it. And there really is a whole other, I'm trained in this completely other way of recovery for women, because it's not the same as it is for an addict or anybody with a bad habit. And and there's lots of pieces. That's why I said we could definitely do just a whole nother episode on what our, our partners, what should they do for themselves? What can they do to encourage recovery in their partner? But as far as signs go, I would encourage any person who is in this position or doesn't even know that they're in this position yet is that to follow their intuition. And I find that the partners don't want to create conflict. The number one thing that happens is conflict about real things, at least, is it's the avoidance of conflict. And I'm here to tell you, if you avoid it, it will only get worse. And that is neuroscience. And the way neuroplasticity works is it's your best friend if you're doing the right stuff. It's your worst enemy if you're doing the wrong stuff. And if, and I talked to a, a young man yesterday who's like, my girlfriend's totally fine with this, but I really think it's a problem. And I'm like, your girlfriend might be fine with it now because you've been together for six months and you're 21. 
And I said this to him, she won't be fine with this in 20 years. If she's your wife and you have two kids and you're, you are sucked in triply hard after 10, 15, 20 more years of this. And she probably isn't even okay with it right now. She's just saying that because your relationship is new. So I would encourage you to encourage her not to be okay with it and to get on board with. So it's different too, when we're talking about young people versus older people. I work with women who are 65 and been dealing with this stuff for 40 years. And and basically at that point, it's really hard to back this thing out because it escalates so much. So if this is going on, it's not moral. People make it a moral issue. It's a neuroscientific issue that if you love your partner and you want them to be well and you want them to reach their full potential, the best way that you can help them is by helping them to conquer this so that they can be in a better spot. Don't throw the guilt, shame, like all of the all the emotional stuff at them. Sit down and have the hard, difficult conversation. I've loved how we've been able to really keep this all around the neuroscience and the brain and everything. And it's really one of my biggest goals and hopes that in the very near future, it's no longer addressed as just a porn addiction, that it's yeah. seen just as severe. It's recognized just like alcohol, drugs, heroin, whatever, gambling, sex. Like I really think that it needs to be. It absolutely does. And the silence. And that's why it's funny because on my YouTube channel, I threw out a video or two and I was just like, I got to talk about this, but I wasn't really comfortable. And I just, and this was just in May. I threw out yeah. a video or two and they were towards women, but, and then my mentor, I'm still, I still have colleagues and mentors. He's, you know what? I think you're a little too empathetic to the men. So any woman is going to be mad at you. They're not going to resonate with you because right now, if they find out they're going to be stuck in shaming and guilting and being mad with the man in their life who has this problem. And so then I thought, okay, I'm just going to go right to the men. I didn't think it would work. Honestly, I thought I'd have to convince the women to get on their men. But, and so then when I shifted to making videos for men, it just totally took off. And I'm so excited because there's so many people out there. I did not know that there'd be people out there who knew it was a problem for them. I thought I was going to have to convince them more. And there's, there isn't out. There's enough of them that don't think it's a problem. Yeah. They, they that's why I write blog posts too. It's people think they have a high libido or they're just super sexy. It's no dude. It's your brain. It's, it needs. I was convinced it was a problem early on in my own journey re recovery. I went through this because I had this freeing feeling. Like the first time I shared it with another man, he's like, dude, of course, every single one of us is dealing with it. And it wasn't like he didn't tell me to man up or mm -hmm. just every one of us. He was like, he embraced me and said, brother, it's okay. Like, we're in this. And then I went, I literally went through every single one of my friends and I mean, my network, it's entrepreneurs, business owners, yeah. doctors, CEOs, high level guys. And I was just saying, Hey man, you know me for three, five years now. I need to tell you this entire time I've been struggling with this and every single one of them pastors even were like, would lean in, dude, it's okay. Every yeah. single one of us. And when they said that was the, that was the way I'm telling you, okay, that's put what this on the podcast and get it out there. That's what irritates don't me. Don't stop <laughs> talking about it. Just keep talking about it. Totally. It's a difficult and comfortable conversation. That's I'm a huge motivator because it's and I say this to my husband all the time just because everybody's doing it doesn't make it good and and thinking back on my career the reason I shift is because I'm always drawn to the things that the other people don't think are a good idea so like neurofeedback everybody thinks they need to get medication you don't you can heal your brain from within that's how I was my journey brought me from more traditional healthcare into neurofeedback you don't need to put medication in Let's stop seeing that as a framework, start seeing this as a framework. And then the same thing. And I said to my team in my office, because they're like, Dr. Trish, why do you got to do this? Don't we have enough going on here? Yes, we do. But I said, 
what do you think the number one brain problem? I said, because Whitney, which, oh, she's calling it. It's so funny. She was calling it my sexual healing services. I'd call her singing Marvin Gaye songs. This is me. I'm calling you about sexual healing. And then I said to her, this isn't sexual healing services. These are brain healing services. That's what we do here. What do you think the number one brain problem is in the world right now? And she's staring at me. And her reply was awesome. And it's leading me to my next project, which we'll see. But she said, internet gaming for kids. And I know like we're out of time, but internet gaming leads to pornography. And internet gaming does almost the same thing, just at a lower level. So I said, that's what we're working on here, sister. The number one brain problem that's about to take over the world. So buckle in because we're here for the ride. And when she saw it that way, yeah, we're here for the work. We're here for it. Yeah. And I've realized this is my purpose on this earth right now, this season of my life. I don't know if it's five years, a decade, 20, 30. I don't really know. I have a big vision and a big goal to accomplish and we'll continue to do it on a daily basis. How was the feedback from your like other fellow doctors and and associates when you made the transition to starting to talk about it? Because I've got to assume that there's even some people in your field that it's okay. It's what every guy does. So was there any pushback? Just a selfish question. It's interesting too, because for right now, because I'll just be side saying that for right now, I'm surrounding myself with people who are okay with talking about it because I am gaining the strength and I've thrown it out there. And the response has been positive to me, but then the people on my team and like kind of that second layer, when they say we're starting to address pornography, they get that, but they don't have the retort that I do and the confidence in why this is so important. So I'm really trying to teach that inner layer right now. I've surrounded myself with people who I I crack up because nothing's off the table in terms of conversation. Because when you're in this field, there's literally nothing you can't talk about. And so I've surrounded myself with people who are okay with that. And then I'm teaching my inner people to be okay with that so that then we can go out as a unit, a strong unit. So we're more in that mode right now. Amazing. And not that you you need it from me. Definitely want to encourage you to keep on this path. And and I know when I first found you. I do need YouTube, it, but just I so was, you know, I do. Oh, no. First, I want to acknowledge you because for somebody at your degree of education, I know I've said this a handful of times, like to really jump into what in my eyes is the biggest problem in the world right now. It's just amazing yeah. to have somebody really fighting and, and, and like I said, looking for collaborations and looking to, you know, partner up and team up. I think that's what we ultimately need. But yeah, if, if encouragement is what you need, then, then keep going because yeah. you're message is well received. I've gone through, I've watched a handful of your videos. This conversation has just been jam-packed with notes. And <laughs> I'm going to go back and listen to it multiple times just for my own sake. So I really do want to keep seeing you going out there and I'm excited about some of these other upcoming projects that you thank have. You. So thank you again for, for your time here today. I have one final question we're going to get to. We wrap up with every podcast with sure. one last question. But before we do that, I know you've dropped some of your places where people can find you. Here's your opportunity to tell people where to find Dr. Lee, where to connect with you, social media, YouTube, just plug it all right now. And then we'll get those links added down in the show notes for this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So you can find everything at drtrishlee.com and then you can get a personal consultation with me, which is easy. You can schedule it yourself. If if you're out there and you don't want to have to talk to my team's in the background on this one for right now, I field everything myself. So I field emails, my email is trish at drtrishley.com. I say that on my videos. I, I want people to email me because I'm here for it right now. And then on 
YouTube, which I'm really trying to build my YouTube channel. I would love people to go there and to subscribe and hit the notifications. I am trying to motivate people more and more. I created a new playlist just this past week of Monday motivation. People put their comments in and I make a video for every question that somebody has, even if it's on the cusp of my, what I'm good with putting on YouTube with as being the mother of five, but I am, if people have questions that they can't ask anybody else. I'm here for it. Put it in and I will answer it. YouTube's a great place. I'm going to be doing YouTube lives because that's where people are finding me on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Trish Lee and a lot of people are messaging me there. Please don't do that because I, when people are like, I have this problem, it's this big. I'm like, please just contact me on my, yeah, that's, that's why I originally found yeah, I'm cool with that. Like in terms as, of, as yeah, in terms of collaboration, if you do that, I'll just send you to my website to, for consultation. Cause obviously yeah. I'm chilling with my family and I will respond to every Instagram message, but I can't solve your problem on Instagram, but I can help you. But those are great places. YouTube's the number one place. I put out three, four, five more videos every week, just trying to get people's questions answered quickly and then make longer ones with more information. Yeah. Yeah. No, amazing. And I'm getting all that linked up. We started putting all of these interviews on YouTube as well. It's been a channel that has really been growing and, and blowing up for us in the last two, three months. We're doing daily videos at, at this point. So we'll yeah, do the sweet. full episode. We'll do chopped up bits where you dropped tremendous value. I'll make sure to link everybody back to you. And even for you guys that are out there that are hearing this and are working with me or in our community, like we said, there's something that Dr. Lee is doing here that I don't have access to or, or even the knowledge to help you with link up get this free get the 29 consultation by the bands i have it written down here the muse headband link up and like i said her and i are going to talk offline at some point here pretty soon about how we can maybe incorporate for for some of you guys but you guys know i'm not i, I never tell you that i'm the only one that can solve this problem clearly dr trish lee has some amazing resources to help you guys so make sure to connect with her so as we wrap it up here dr lee we're here at the superhuman life and Obviously, that the mission behind what we're doing here is to help men break free from porn addiction through the power mm -hmm. of faith and fitness. And it's really built into kind of my story and, and my transformation with the genesis of everything that we're doing here. You know, as somebody that struggled with not just porn addiction, but multiple addictions for, for close to two decades, I lived a life shackled and now I've lived a life free. And it was really in me connecting closer to God and finding my faith that I was fully able to step into what I now call a superhuman life. So for me, living a superhuman life is, is really about your belief system. It's about understanding that you were created for a very specific purpose, but then doing everything you can on a daily basis to bring you closer to that purpose. So I like to let, I like to wrap up every interview with just asking the guests, and I'm, I'm really curious where neuroscience is going to take this, this question, but how would Dr. Lee define living a superhuman life? I think it's exactly what you said. I have spent my life and people think I'm nuts for it, but in you and I use the same language in every season, I deliberately create the life that brings me happiness. I think we're here to be happy. And so many people are not fundamentally happy. I try to use my God-given gifts and then I develop those also. I feel like that is and every morning I wake up and I literally say to myself and people who can't handle it can't handle it. But I will say to myself, how can I serve today? Who do you want me to see? Who do you want me to talk to? Who, what should I say? And then I am constantly deliberately creating that. So it brings me joy at the perfect level. And then I'm able to create that in my family, my friends, my colleagues. And but it does go back to neuroscience is if you get your brain in that mode. That is the mode of attraction and the mode 
that will send off literal electromagnetic frequency of energy of joy where you can make your impact on other people. That's the zone of being able to do that. That to me is superhuman living. And you have to have your brain. Minds always control your brain or it'll control you. You have to have control of your brain so that you can do that. And so not needing to stimulate yourself and calm yourself, but to deliberately create your life in a way that brings you that joy and you can bring it to others. That's superhuman living right there. So incredibly powerful. Guys, you heard it there. You were created for a purpose, but believing in that was only the first step. You have to be intentional about bringing yourself closer to that purpose every single day. Dr. Trish, this has been so amazing. I'm so appreciative of you, your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, just everything that you delivered here. And I know you're going to get so much out of this. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you haven't done so yet, and you are new to this podcast. There's two ways that you can help us grow this message in this show. First off, if you're new, like I said, make sure to hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening on. And secondly, we're very driven by the mission and the mission is to change the world through helping guys break out of their addiction to pornography. So if there's a man in your life or a female in your life that is struggling with this and can really get value out of understanding some of the neuroscience behind this addiction. Make sure to share this podcast with them or share this on YouTube, wherever you're listening to it at. But that's it, guys. Another incredible conversation. We're so grateful to have Dr. Trish Lee. But that's it, guys. God bless you. And we love you all.